motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am excited to be here today with our guest, Dr. Carly Crew. Thank you so much for joining me, Carly. Thank you for having me. Dr. Carly Crew is a mom to twin toddlers, a small town family doctor, as well as a mindset coach for aspiring mompreneurs. In her work, she helps moms find calm and confidence, gain clarity on their biggest goals, and discover how to take bold action on their dreams in a way that aligns with their role as a mother. Carly is a passionate advocate for maternal mental health and is a specialist in strategies to overcome anxiety, overwhelm, and powerful emotions. She is a writer, blogger, and the host of the new podcast, Mind Over Motherhood. She has some amazing insights to share with us today about her passion areas, her work, and her motherhood juggle, and I'm really looking forward to learning more. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for that nice intro. I'm super happy to be here on your podcast. So where I wanted to start off was talking about your role in advocating for and supporting maternal mental health. Um, It does seem that mental health in general is so much more a part of conversation these days than it was in the past, including that of mums, which is amazing. And becoming a mom is such a huge and giant life change. And there can be some mental health challenges that go along with this. That was definitely the case for me, Uh, just including things like worry and just that general sense of feeling overwhelmed with it all. So I was just wondering, what are some of the strategies that you share with the moms that you work with to help them overcome these big, powerful emotions? Yeah, so that's an awesome question. And there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on. One, you said that it's becoming so much more prevalent to talk about maternal mental health. And I agree with you on that. I'm not sure if that's because the incidence of maternal mental illness is increasing or just that society is a little bit more open to discussing it now and more people are being more honest and authentic about their own experience because how you just said it was a big deal with your journey. It was also one with mine. And I think that when we start to talk more about it, we learn that there isn't really that many moms that a huge mental health kind of thing happens when they become moms, right? It's actually more the norm rather than the exception that we all come into motherhood and it like hits you like a ton of bricks. Like you can try to prepare as much as possible, but when that little tiny baby or babies come into the world, like all of a sudden your whole life is upended and we don't really always have all the skills prepared to manage those early really tumultuous days and then we also don't know how to incorporate our role as a mom into our new identity and then what does that mean for our old identity and a lot of people go through 
a lot of women go through a lot of almost like a mourning period, a feeling of loss of their previous identity and, and a lot of uncertainty about what their future identity looks like, right? So I think that's part of it. I think there's also, of course, all the physical changes and hormonal changes that impact us as moms when we become brand new moms. And then all of the societal expectations of what motherhood looks like and how you're supposed to be a mom. And I think to a lot of us, it's, it's just too much. To most of us, it's too much. It's just a t- an incredibly overwhelming time. And, and because of that, our early motherhood days can also often be quite traumatic to us, right? Like a lot of us will identify as like those early, like I remember calling it the hundred days of darkness when my girls were first born, just being like, it felt like I was just clawing my way through those first couple of months. And that sometimes goes on even longer for moms, right? Into the first year, second year of life. And without support and skills and strategies on how to kind of get out of that hole, motherhood can feel pretty miserable. It can feel really dismal. And so some of the strategies that I recommend, I mean, that's a huge can that we could open, (laughs) but um, a lot of the strategies that I recommend at the, at the center of when I work with moms, whether it be in the office or in coaching are things that prioritize themselves, which I know is, we all hear this all the time. And a lot of us are like, yeah, blah, blah, self-care. I get it. But I think it kind of is, um, it's, it's more an approach to how you view yourself as valuable and really taking the time to put yourself first during your day as a mom. We don't do that enough. That's one strategy that I recommend. Another strategy is to develop an awareness of what your mind is telling you. So if anybody's ever been involved, you know, with any kind of cognitive behavioral therapy or going to counseling, most of the time it's based on being aware of what thoughts is your mind telling you that's having, that you're having and how can you work through those? Like, what can you do to manage those things? And then support. So motherhood is really isolating. And I mean, you can probably attest to Tiana and I can that entrepreneurship is very isolating as well. So especially if you're a mom, new mom, and then say you want to build a business or you want to, you know, just be a mom, which is also fantastic. It's very isolating, right? Like, so we don't have a lot of support. We don't have a lot of other moms sharing the wisdom with us that we need to get through. And so those would be some of the bigger pieces that I recommend, like some of those bigger overarching strategies that I recommend for moms. Yeah, I think that's that's so incredibly helpful. And when I think back to the struggles that I was having, I know that connecting with others was a huge one. So finding those people that I could talk to about how things were really going and how things were really feeling just getting out into the world, even though it seemed like such a giant effort to make that happen. Sometimes I always felt better when I got out. And then like that self-care piece. And for me, that was doing something physically active. And I was really lucky that um, my husband was quite on board with that. I think he saw the win in that if I had that little breather or time for myself, I was a better person for everyone, including for him. <laughs> so it was nice that he helped yeah. to make that happen. Well, too. and even like, like you said, getting out of the house is super important. But even that, like if you think about why is that important, it's because it's fulfilling that self-care need, right? It's that you've identified that that makes you feel better. So you prioritize that sort of thing. And what a lot of moms, what I notice is lacking is I'll ask them like, what does your self-care time look like? And they're like, what are you talking about? 
Like there's not even the connection to say, what makes me feel good, right? When do I feel better? When do I feel more like myself? And how can I get more of that, right? That's like the basics. When I have moms come in to see me in the office or anybody really come in to see me in the office um, about their mental illness, I'm always asking them, you know, like, what do you love? Like what actually makes you feel really good? And let's start doing that more. Like just like for 10 minutes a day, right? Like start to prioritize it. Because what I lo- I find a lot of people are like, I feel really crappy. I feel really crappy. I don't really know what to do. Well, the natural and very simple first step is just to try to find the things that make you feel opposite of that. Even if it's only for five minutes, right? I'm not saying like going out for walking your dog once a day is going to cure your anxiety disorder, but it's a start. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's just taking that small first step or taking that moment to think about what it is that would make you feel better, make you feel good is such a, it seems like a small thing, but it can lead to some big changes. Um, I actually call it mental health first aid. That's what yeah. I describe it as, yeah. right? Because I think we, a lot of us can identify with that time. We are like, my world's falling apart. I'm falling apart. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm like, hey, rely on your mental health first aid. Like find the things that make you feel good and do them for 10 minutes. Like that's it. Just start there, right? Yeah, like, no, I love that. A really basic strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It makes it feel manageable, right? It's not this huge giant thing that you need to do to move forward. You can do something small. I love, I really like that. Um, and I think, well, having this conversation is so good, but do you feel that there are some messages connected with moms and mental health that need to be out there or talked about more as part of the general conversation around mental health? So I think one message that needs to be made more clear or even these two things need to be disconnected in our messaging to moms is that a lot of moms assume some of the experiences they have in motherhood like with their mental health like excessive worry or you know having like irrational thoughts all that sort of stuff we assume that that's like just part of motherhood you know what I mean and I think that to a point we need to disconnect those things and say like your motherhood experience actually does not need to be that way right? Like there with the right strategies, with the right tools is that you, most of us become mothers because we love the idea of it. We love children. We really want to be amazing moms. And then we get to the whole experience and it feels terrible. And then a lot of society tells us like, yeah, but that's just motherhood. Like, oh, you worry all the time and you can't sleep. Like that's just motherhood. And in my opinion, I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what it's supposed to be like, right? Like we should be able to feel joyful and enjoy our motherhood experience and really have things outside of motherhood that we still love and that we still chase and we can do those things guilt-free and we can do all of that balancing our motherhood experience right I feel like too much of kind of social media motherhood is like this idea of like it's misery (laughs) like kids are terrible and then you you know you drink three cups of coffee to get going in the day and three glasses of wine at night to wind down and I just feel like that's just terrible messaging I think motherhood is one of the most beautiful opportunities that we get as women but we're not treating it like that a lot of the ways and we don't mean to but I think that's the message it gets it's like you know we kind of like commiserate with each other about how terrible it is to be mothers and I'm I don't know about you but I didn't become a mom to feel that way and that was actually one of the big turning points for me in my own journey is I remember waking up being like oh I guess this is just what it's like and it like a little voice inside of me was like, ah, uh, no, dude, that's not what you signed up for. Like you did not become a mom so that you could feel like anxious and resentful and bitter and overwhelmed. And, you know, um, 
feeling like I was giving too much of myself all the time, felt depleted all the time. That's not what I signed up for. And I remember saying that to myself, this is not what you signed up for, right? Like, so how can we do this differently? What can we figure out about ourselves? And how can you structure your life in a way that it supports you as a mom instead of like, you just like clawing your way through it? Does that make sense? I, I uh, that no, that's... Question. I think that's so great because you're right. There's those tough times, but... Um, there's so much to motherhood that is wonderful, amazing, fun. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been an incredible ride so far. Uh, I've made it to the teenage years somehow, and it's actually not so bad. Um, but I think you're right. I think that it doesn't have to be this all consuming, overwhelming journey that, we're just trying to find ourselves in. There's a way that we can be ourselves. We can find joy. It's not going to be perfect, um, but it's it doesn't need to be this terrible, terrible that's thing. Where I think, yeah, yeah. That's where I think a lot of it is our mindset, which yes. is why I'm creating the podcast Mind Over Motherhood is because a lot of it is like, how do you view it? So you just said like you're in the teenage phase and there's hard times. And so you could allow that to infiltrate your mindset and you just be like, God, this is so terrible. And then just carry on with that mindset. Or you can have a really healthy mindset of like, there's, you know, peaks and valleys in everything that we do. And that overall that, you know, how can I find more joy? How can I, you know, revel in this season that I'm in, even if it's hard. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that that's really important. That's why I like to work with moms specifically about, you know, their mindset. Well, how are you viewing that when that happens? Like, what does that mean to you and your ability to mother? Right. Cause a lot of us, something will happen to our child or something will happen in our life. And we instantly reflect it back on ourselves about how we're failures or, you know, we should feel guilty or we're terrible mothers or whatever. And mindset plays such an important role to developing that resilience that we need to be positive and present moms. Yeah, no, it's, and I think having those open conversations, it's been great uh, with my close friends. A lot of us are sort of in the same ages and phases with our kids. And it's nice because it normalizes things a lot. Um, And it's helpful to bounce ideas off one another. And I think when you normalize it, um, that's helpful in keeping that perspective. And we all agree, you know, our teenagers, they have their moments, but they're just trying to figure out who they are. Um, and it's exciting and at times challenging, but overall, it's not so bad. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, and then just in general too, I wanted to ask you about, again, with becoming, um, a mom, our priorities and focus, it, it shifts out of necessity. We, uh, we have a small human, so things are going to be different. And families take all different kinds of approaches with this to manage this. And sometimes moms feel that they have to put their own dreams on hold and their big ideas on hold and sort of wait for that perfect or right time or moment whenever that is to take action. Uh, as a mindset coach for aspiring mompreneurs, what are the things that you hear from moms that are holding them back? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things. Sometimes it's that they actually don't have the underlying belief that their goals and dreams like that they do have inside are worth coming out for, right? They're worth 
carving time out for, right? So like the idea of mom guilt, like I can't focus on something for myself because I'm taking away time from my kids and my family. So that's one thing for sure is that we actually don't believe that our own needs or our dreams or our goals or our businesses or whatever you want to do is is important enough to do that and that's a huge mindset shift that, that a lot of moms that I work with have to make is seeing how important they really are and stepping into being like okay I'm important I'm important I can do this right like my needs are important because a lot of us are lacking that and that's a really fundamental challenge for a lot of moms Another obstacle is often that they don't have a lot of clarity around what exactly it feels like so Sometimes I work with moms and even now I have a couple clients and, and they're both like, I have an idea of what I want to do. I feel like there's something there, but I don't know what it is. And they also don't know how to figure out more clarity, how to get clear on what exactly that is that they want to do. So I work with them to figure that out in a direction that feels really, really true to them rather than what other people tell them that they should be doing. Right. Um, expectations and like external obstacles to achieving those things or pursuing your, your goals and your business dreams and all these things. Like the external obstacles are things like I don't have the time. Right. And so a lot of moms, of course, time is a pressure. I, my mindset about time is that a lot of the time, it's not the amount of time you have. It's what you're doing with your time and it's what you're prioritizing in that time. Um, and so usually a real close examination of like, well, where are you putting your time when you have it? And what are the priorities? And can we move yourself and your dreams higher on the priority list? It's not a time problem. It's a priorities problem, right? We all have the same number of hours in a day, right? So why can I, you know, run a medical clinic and then do my coaching business and be a mom and do all those things and do them in a sense of quote unquote balance. Don't shoot me for that word because it's not balanced all the time, but you know, in a sense that feels true and aligned to me and healthy, right? How can I do that? It's because I'm really fiercely protective of my priorities and my time. So time management is a big one that obstacles is one of the obstacles I identify. Um, what else? And then self-doubt, right? A lot of us have self-doubt. And I think we think we're the only ones that have that. We think we're the only ones that like our inner critics really, really loud and super accurate. Like we're like, Oh, you know, um, I know that you think you can't do this, but I really can do it. Like it's, you know, our inner critics really loud. So that's something I really work with moms on a lot is like self-doubt and inner critic and imposter syndrome and all those sorts of things. So I think really what impacts moms is very similar to what impacts any other person trying to like, you know, do uh, start a business or become entrepreneurs or whatever it is that they want to do, write a book, start a podcast, right? I think we have a lot of the same challenges and it's just figuring out how can we make that work in alignment with motherhood so that we're not just, you know, sacrificing our role because to myself, being a really present, patient and calm mom is like one of my top priorities. And so what I pride myself on is, is structuring my life such that I can do my full-time, well, full-time job, create my business and be a mom together. How can I do those? So those things are all in harmony and I'm not sacrificing, you know, being a mom. Yeah. No. And I, I think too, sometimes the idea of it, right. It just seems so big and giant and you know how all-consuming motherhood can just be on its own. So how can I possibly make space for anything more? 
Uh, I think back as you were chatting, I was remembering my first day teaching at the university and my three had to get themselves to school that morning. And I was just feeling ill about it. And the whole drive there, and then I was thinking that the school was going to call me and they wouldn't have made it there. But it was so funny when I got home and we chatted about things after. The school didn't call me, by the way. It was no big deal. (laughs) They were totally fine. In fact, they loved the challenge and the opportunity to be able to get themselves to school on their own. And yes, my kids are a little bit bigger, but I think sometimes it's hard to kind of see past some of those challenges or obstacles um, in whatever age or stage of our children uh, and how we can sort of fit in our own dreams. But I think too, what I find is when um, I'm doing things that sort of fill my bucket and challenge me in a different way, um, I find I'm better with my kids. I'm more patient. I'm more calm. Um, I think it's just easier. Uh, and, we, and we also have that, uh, we focus more on the quality of our time together. Um, not so much about quantity, perhaps, but just when we are together, being very present and, and in the moment with one another. And uh, our kids now are uh, in school uh, all day. But um, when they were younger, um, I had to seek out some childcare opportunities for them. And that can be hard and challenging as well. But I think in sort of identifying what you would need to make what you want to do happen and kind of thinking through a plan, because sometimes just the idea on its own can just seem like it's impossible. Well, absolutely. And that like what you're talking about, that's almost like the anxiety cycle that I work with on with moms a lot is that sometimes the anticipation of something being hard is enough to keep us like from doing anything, right? Just the thought of it, right? We're not even really willing to give it a shot to see because if, and, and because a lot of the time when you do take a shot to try something new, like you just described, like it's not as big of a deal as you thought. And that I see that in all of my work with, with humans essentially, right? Like in any of my office work or any of my online work, I'm like, everybody has these anticipated fears and that's what holds them back from taking action. When you realize that usually like 90% of the time, the anticipated fear is way bigger than actually what happens. And so it's being able to put those fears into perspective and say like, they're just thoughts, they're just worries, right? And how important is this to you to do this dream, this goal, this, whatever this is. And I love what you said about that when you get time to fill your cup and do the things that you love that really, really feel like true to you in alignment, feels like your purpose, right? You are a better parent. And to me, that's one of my big goals is that Sure, I could be a completely self-sacrificing mom and not do anything that I love, but I feel like I'd actually be doing my own kids a disservice because my role as a parent in my perspective is to model for them how to live a life of service and purpose, you know, and passion. And if I'm constantly sacrificing my own purpose and passion for them, how am I modeling that for them? I'm just modeling them to be self-sacrificing themselves, right? I don't see self-sacrifice as honorable. And that's probably not a super popular opinion around moms. But I think sometimes we need to start to shake some of that off. The idea that like the good mom is the one that's constantly available. And the good mom is the one that's, you know, 
at her child's beck and call for anything and and start to step into the more of the role of like a good mother is a full mother who does everything that she loves and shows her children what a passionate, you know, purpose-filled, independent woman does, right? I think yeah. that's the new like 2020 mother is like this woman who's like, no, I've got things that I do too. And you're super important. You're probably the most important thing to me, but this is important too. And I do this for you. So you can see what it's like to make sacrifice. So you can see what it's like to balance time and like things, and you can see what it's like to put yourself first. Yeah. And I, and I love that because the, the beauty of that perspective is that there's just so, and then there's so many ways to do that. Right. So we all need to think about, you know, in some cases it's circumstances that affect some of the choices and and the juggles that we, that we make as moms, but also how do we see ourselves in that? And there isn't one way to do that. Um, there's always, you know, people with opinions that, you know, you should be working full time or you should be working part time or you shouldn't be working or you should be doing this, that, or the other thing. And I think there's so many ways within that, that moms can think about how can I sort of fill myself and then also be there and, and, and support and be that amazing mom for my kids too. Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. a way that comes from within you. And that's yeah. huge with when I coach women, I'm always trying to get them to clear the mental clutter and all the shoulds and all the out, outer expectations and start to get them to really listen in and be like, okay, what, how do you make this work for you? Right. So that you can sleep at night knowing that you are doing exactly what's true for you. Right. And you're right. So much of society sees us in like black and white boxes. You're a work at home. You're a work out of the home. You're a stay at home mom. You're, you know, like whatever. And even like you and I have variations on all of that. Right. And I think that's what's really important for podcasts like yours and ultimately podcasts like mine eventually to show moms that there is so much gray in what it means to be a mom and the only really good gold standard for deciding what the right way is, is your own internal, you know, goals and what works for you and your family. Right. Yeah. There's not going to be any cookie cutter method. That's like, you must work out of the house. You must work in the house. He must stay home. You must stay home, whatever it is. There's no cookie cutter method that's going to work for all families. Yeah, no, and I know that that was a huge struggle for me when I became a mom because I looked at the two extremes and that was going back to teaching full-time or staying at home full-time and neither of those seemed to fit and that's when my panic set in. So yeah, it's it was nice to slowly come to the realization um, that there could be something that wasn't one or the other and that ended up being what was best for me anyways, yeah. so... And And I think with this new online entrepreneur movement that's happening, I forget where I read it, but they were saying that like the um, online entrepreneur generation is like the mom generation. Like this is essentially creating a whole bunch of new options for moms to be able to work from home, generate a meaningful income, create something that's purpose-filled for them and fulfills them and stay home with their kids. And I think one thing that's important that highlighted your story is that you don't have to like decide and then never change your mind again. It's not like written in stone. You're like, okay, I'm working. I'm going to be out of the house and I'm going to work. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Like if that doesn't work for you, mix it up, like switch it up again, try again, change plans, right? Even for myself. So I work um, in my medical practice part-time for lack of a better 
description comparison comparing to my colleagues. I work part-time there. And then I have my business that I do mostly from home as well. And then right now we're working towards transitioning more online so that I can we can travel more full-time and be doing things that even more fulfill our sense of purpose and you know our alignment with what we feel is important as a family. So you can always shift and pivot and that's okay. No, you know, don't let whether you choose to be a work at home mom, a part-time mom, a, you know, a stay at home mom define your identity forever and ever, right? You can always shift. Yes. And that I have. <laughs> it's been quite the adventure, but yeah, it's nice to be able to move kind of where it works best, where it feels best. And that changes all the time. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask a little bit more with all the hats that you're wearing, how does your family make your juggle work? What are some of the tools and strategies and things that help you um, in your role as a doctor and entrepreneur and as a mom? How do you make yeah, that work? So I can't um, talk about this without discussing how important having an early morning routine is for me. I'm a big, big advocate of an early morning routine. I get up early to focus on my self-care. And I really think that's one of the critical ways that I maintain balance because it allows me in that time to look at my week and make sure that I am getting my, like having myself be in all the most important places in the most important time. Right. So I use, I'm a big fan of time blocking in my calendar and I have a color of highlighter that strictly speaks to like time with family time in my business, time at work and having these really clear distinctions helps me shift gears, you know, shift from one thing to the other and also helps me feel like once I'm in the yellow, which is like my family time, that everything else goes away and it helps me just kind of segment and take one hat off and put another hat on. Lots of planning and preparation, you know, my husband and I sit down frequently to look at the week ahead and plan things out. I'm very blessed in that my husband is actually a stay-at-home dad. So that also allows me a lot of flexibility. It's probably a big reason why I can do all the things that I do because he's home with my girls all the time. Um, it still doesn't obviously remove the fact that I'm still their mother and I have to be there a good chunk of the time, which I want to be there. Um, so, so him being home is a big thing for us, obviously, but you know, in the, in the time to come, he's been discussing going back to work more. So we'll have to explore some other more creative options, you know, play school, these different things that'll come up. I think it's really comes down to, I talk so much about mindset, but honestly, it comes down to how I keep myself level. Because if I'm going from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, feeling super scattered, everybody feels scattered. But if mom has everything controlled, you know, quote unquote controlled, I know exactly where I'm going to be and who we're, you know, what, what, what I'm doing at, at certain times, I'm calmer, more present, and then they're calmer and more present. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but... No, I love, I love all of those. Yeah, I think all those things are so important. And I love um, how you chatted about time blocking. That's fantastic. And that morning piece for me, I'm right there with you. I need to have that quiet calm in the morning just to get my head in the game and have some time for me. And that makes a, 
a huge, huge difference. So yeah. And you you mentioned exercise. Exercise is huge. So I have a regular exercise thing that I do in the morning and it makes, it's a game changer, right? Like anybody who's ever struggled with their mental health, which is all humans, right? If you exercise, you feel better. It's just like very obvious. So incorporating that regularly is critical for both me and my husband. And we both have shared priorities in that way. So we make sure each of us are getting those needs met and that might be time sharing. So if we're both home, I'll say, you know, you take your half an hour, 45 minutes, go and do your workout and then we'll swap out. And it's this intentional choice and exercise that we do with each other so that we know we're prioritizing each other and also ourselves and it's good modeling for our kids. So that's a big one as well. Yeah, that's, I head down to our basement gym in the morning and one morning a week head to the pool. And for sure, even though sometimes thinking about getting up and doing it is a little painful, I know as soon as I get going and afterwards, of course, I feel amazing. And yeah, for my husband as well, it's nice to be on the same page with that. I think it mm-hmm. definitely makes it easier to, sure. yeah, to make that definitely. a part of things. And then I wanted to ask you too, because I think it's so important just with motherhood to keep things real because often we look at everybody else and it seems like they have it all together and their life is perfect. And motherhood, of course, though, is uh, an adventure. (laughs) Uh, I was wondering if you have a mummy mess up or something that you'd be willing to share. So some sort of a mistake or something you wished you had done differently or a learning opportunity you might have experienced along the way. You bet. Yeah, I definitely do. I had to go through my catalog of mommy mess ups when you prepped me with this question. And the one that came up was, um, I think it was at least last winter because definitely wasn't this winter. So my girls would have been about two and we were in the grocery store and, um, and we were like leaving to go back out to the van. And I had forgotten that one of my twins had taken her boots off and put them in or my husband put them in a bag or something, but either way they weren't on her feet and I didn't realize it. And I remember walking with them through a cold Alberta snowy parking lot in the winter. And when Ro kept telling me, mommy, my feet are cold, mommy, my feet are cold. And I was so scattered trying to get the groceries and make sure no one's running into traffic and, you know, pay and do all the things. So I wasn't in my most, you know, aware sense of self and realized when I got her to the van that she had walked across the wet snowy parking lot without any boots on. And I felt like, of course, the worst mother ever because she's stopping and pulling on me, mommy, my feet. And I'm like, come on, honey, it's cold. Like just pulling her along the way. It didn't even realize. Um, and then laughed about it. And of course. Yeah. And then forgave myself, but, and she was fine. We took her socks off and her feet were warm and the whole nine yards. But I just thought, Oh my God, it was funny to be like, wow, I just walked her all the way across the parking lot without any shoes. So that's one of mine. Yeah. I, yeah, that's <laughs> a very relatable story, but you're right. Your mind is in 50 million places, right? And hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. I remember picking up our middle little guy from kindergarten and he came out wearing one snow boot and one rain boot. And I had no idea how that had even happened. Like it's just your mind gets so full with so many things. So I really yeah. appreciate you sharing that. That's <laughs> awesome. And also, um, before we wrap things up, I was just wondering if you had any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles. 
Yes. Okay. My word of wisdom would be grace to give yourself grace that we are never going to get to a point where everything's figured out, right? Like that everything's just like perfect and we don't need to figure anything out. There's always going to be this learning curve that's just always ongoing, right? So navigating the bat, the, the juggle between, you know, working mom, staying home, mumming, whatever it is, is knowing that it's going to continue to evolve all the time. And that's okay. You don't have to have everything figured out right away. Right. I'm sure you can attest Tiana that, you know, what you decided three years ago probably wouldn't be what you would do today. And that's okay because we are always changing. Our families are growing. Our needs are changing. We're aging. Our own bodies are changing. Everything's changing. And so having a lot of grace to realize that Anytime you make a decision and it doesn't work out, it's not failure. It's just feedback, right? You just think, okay, we need to shift and pivot now. Yeah. And that would probably be one of my, my best mindset ideas for that would just be to like have some grace, have a lot of self-compassion. We all lose our marbles every now and again with our kids. Like we, it's all normal, right? And just have some grace. I think that's beautiful. That's great advice. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it is such a journey and an always changing journey and you can't be fully prepared. And I, I think now, especially that our kids are getting older, I've even had those conversations with them that it, I'm not perfect and I'm figuring things out and I'm going to make mistakes just like they are. And uh, a great example that they really sort of got that and experienced that was when we took our family to Germany and just trying to navigate our, our way around places that we didn't know or getting off at the wrong train station and having to haul our suitcases and that. And I think it's, you know, especially as kids get older, it's good to see that you can talk about um, the fact that you're learning and figuring things out um, just as they are. And uh, you're not expecting perfection from them. And hopefully they are not expecting perfection from you too, because we're all human. I love, thank you for sharing that. That's so nice. Um, so Carly, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story, ideas, and knowledge with us today. And if our listeners want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where are the best places to find you? Sure. So two big places would just be my website, which is really simple. It's curlycrew.com. And from there you can find, um, you know, how to work with me or just learn more, figure out about my podcast and see if that's something you might want to listen to, um, as well as download my free gift, which is how to quiet that inner critic and overcome self-doubt. Um, so you can create a business of your dreams and then Instagram is my primary platform. So that's very simple too, at Carly Crew. And, um, and I post on there and, um, and do lots of stories and give you lots of behind the scenes of what's happening in my life. And, um, and then, of course, on my podcast, which is going to launch in a couple weeks here. And that'll be on iTunes and Spotify called Mind Over Motherhood. Awesome. I will make sure to include all of that information in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much again for sharing your time with us today. This was so appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. 
I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.